Welcome to the Sisters Surviving Motherhood podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Wendy. In this podcast, we talk about topics like parenting, no spoilers there, but also topics like health and creativity, productivity, and career, all from the perspective of regular moms just trying to survive another day, and maybe, maybe even thrive. Join us as we share our trials and triumphs and remind our audience as well as ourselves that we are in this together. Welcome everyone to episode three. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about creativity as a mom. Um, We're going to kind of talk about how we were able to use uh, creativity before and after becoming a mom, the struggles of finding time and having that creative outlet when you have kids to take care of um, after becoming a mom, and what types of methods have helped us in the past, make sure we have that outlet, and some ways we're using our creative time. I have Jennifer with me, and we're going to start by me asking her, how were you able to be creative, get that creative energy out before having children, and how has that changed since having your son? I feel like before I was a mom, you know, even before I got married, like after college, I would say before um, I got out of college, I didn't really consider myself to be a very creative person. I live in a house with many creative people. And so I was comparing myself to them and thinking, well, I'm not really in that level. Um, But then after college, coming home, starting a job that's really boring, um, I think I realized that I did want more and maybe that was because I was more of a creative person. Um, so I started an art journal. Um, I remember, I, I don't know even how I got the idea um, to look up anything, but somehow online I saw somebody else's art journal and I, I really loved that idea. And I went all into it. I made my own art journals. Um, I did it almost every day. So during this like two to three years that I was in this really boring office job, I was doing that. And I also started playing piano and singing. Um, That was also during that time. So it was almost like this really boring job and kind of a, I wouldn't say boring life, but I wasn't super happy with how things had turned out after college. And it kind of pushed me to make these changes and these habits that I hadn't really cared about before just to kind of inject some interest into my life. And it really worked because I I took these two hobbies on and they really made my life better. Um, once I got married, I, I continued to do these things. And I also made a lot of things. So if I saw something online or in a store that I really liked, I didn't want to pay for it. I would make it. <laughs> I would look it up, you know, whether it was needle felting little creatures. I, I didn't want to pay the $35 to buy it off Etsy. And then I would learn that skill and I would do it for this one thing. But my, I guess my problem was that none of these things really stuck with me. I, you know, whether it be working with leather, crocheting, knitting, I just learn it for what I want. I make it and that's it. I let it go and move on. But still, I mean, I felt like I was doing something creative almost every day. 
And with your art journal, I mean, I remember seeing your art journal for this the first time and being like, whoa, you know, because I feel like as as kids, you know, you were four years older than me, so I didn't necessarily, uh, you weren't around as much, of course, when I was in high school because you were off to college. But for those who don't know what an art journal consists of, uh, do you want to kind of explain like what you would do, what materials you would use? Uh, and how often you felt like you did it. Yeah, I feel like art journaling is just like one of those things that it could be almost anything in a book. Um, some people have like mixed media. I mean, all kinds of really creative things. I was I was more of the simple type and I just picked one thing. So I do watercolor. Um, I do sketching with pens and watercolor. And honestly, that was what that lady did online that I, you know, that inspired me to even start in the first place. You know, she laid out all of her supplies and it was travel, watercolor palettes, and like, I guess they're called like water pens. They're just like little brushes with water in a, in the end of it so that you can squeeze the water and you don't even have to get a cup of water. And that's all I did. You know, I got a pencil, pen watercolors and I could put it in my purse. Um, I didn't need to be at home with my supplies. You know, I could go in a waiting room waiting for the doctor or, you know, whatever. I could pull out something and and work on it without making a mess, which is probably why I felt like I wasn't very creative. It's because I've never been into like the whole studio with all your junk (laughs) everywhere, you know, making a big mess, but just loving it. You know, I just... I'm not like that. The the vision of a true artist. <laughs> you know, but but I've seen that. You know, I see that yeah. enough to know that that is very creative people are like that. And so, but, you know, this is just my personal creativity. So it's mostly just pictures of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just be a scene from the day. I have drawn my dinner, my bedroom. But pretty much at first, especially, it was I want to do something every day. So what am I looking at right now? <laughs> just because, you know, I just I just want to do something. Just one page, mm-hmm. um, which really helps me, st- I guess, start on that journey. I really liked looking at the the journals, you know. Yeah, once they're complete, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is really cool. It's just, I mean, it's just a, such, such a cool creative idea to kind of look back on, you know, your month, your, your year, your, you know. And instead of just written words in a, in a normal journal. Yeah. Me, I, let's see, I had my child when I was uh, 19. So my pre-children, uh, pre-being a mother, uh, creativity outlets were pretty much just high school. <laughs> but I definitely was really, really focused in the art realm you know, since I can remember, I remember, and I I was just telling my husband about this yesterday, our kids were kind of inquiring on what we would do with ourselves as children without YouTube and without the internet to look things up. And uh, I told them about our encyclopedias. We had a whole set at, you know, our, our very frugal parents felt like that was the one thing that we should splurge on, having a set of encyclopedias. And thank goodness, because I don't know what we would do without those encyclopedias, which is And mom bought those from a salesman, I a know. door-to-door salesman. <laughs> yeah. 
And most of the time, those those situations are definitely regrettable later, but no one regret this purchase. We love those encyclopedias. But even as, you know, a, a pretty young kid, I remember looking up animal animal pages in the encyclopedias and just drawing the animals and, and liking to draw. So I was definitely very into the physical arts, whether that was painting, drawing, later ceramics, stuff like that. So that actually became my career path very early on in school. That was my focus. So I had all the outlets you could possibly need. I feel like I didn't have to, to work at having a creative outlet because that was kind of what school was focused on for me and where I saw myself going. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I work in <laughs> software sales. <laughs> but but yeah, so I, I definitely, definitely had a lot of creative outlet as a kid. My, our parents were, you know, not ridiculously strict when it came to us trying art different forms. art forms. Uh, I, I, when we did have our own rooms as kids, my room was painted pink and it was sort of like an accidental situation I won't go into. Um, but I hated the color and mom actually told me, you know, if you, you absolutely, I don't want you to hate your room. You can cover it, you know, with posters. You can paint on it if you want. You can draw, whatever. So you, if you saw, you know, you've seen my room. If you saw my room right now, there, there's barely any paint yeah. left. It's, it's very, you know, drawn and painted on. So yeah, I just feel like artistry was very encouraged by our mother specifically. She herself is an artist. Not that she pursued it career-wise, but I, I just remember her always loving being able to have that, uh, any creative outlet. And now that we're on the subject of creativity as a mom, it's weird to think back on your mother. And I now I just kind of feel bad because obviously she wanted to be creative and she was really good at it, but she had to take advantage of the small opportunities, whether that was uh, making clothes for us yeah, um, with her sewing machine, which she loves, and even drawing little animals on our lunch bags. Yes. I I loved her animal drawings on her lunch, like brown paper sacks. But yeah, she had, I mean, she had wanted to be an artist when she was younger, mm-hmm. but then was, I guess, counseled against it and to go into something else into college. And I think she always felt like she didn't want us to ever feel that way. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I'm glad because now, you know, as adults, I feel like all of us are into art when we can be and have really enjoyed exploring our creativity. And I know you said that you felt like you weren't as creative as the rest of your family or artistic. But it's, but it's very interesting that I would say probably within the last decade, you've used your artistic ability more than any of the rest of us, whether that's creating gifts for other people, you know, whether that's, you know, art journals, um, watercolor, anything, making things that you want because you can't buy. That's a big one. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I just feel like it was in all of our blood and we just kind of 
aim at it different different ways. Yeah, different ways. Was there ever any specific art form that you liked before you were a mom? Like that was the that you liked the most, or that would have been your favorite? Um, definitely cer- ceramics um, on a wheel. So I, I, our school was pretty small. I didn't have very many art classes, unfortunately. And my senior year was the first year that I had given been given the opportunity to do ceramics and and throwing ceramics on on an actual wheel, and I took to it very quickly and I absolutely loved it. And it's funny to this day, my one of our kids last night asked me if I could have my own store, what would I sell? And my first my first thought, real quick, was my own pottery. That would yeah. just be awesome. I can just see myself and my little studio all messy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Looking out on my beautiful landscape and just making yeah. mugs and plates and bowls. So what about you? Um, I mean, I guess the art journal thing probably would have been my favorite. Watercolor um, is not it's not easy. I've tried it and I I mean it's not easy it. if you do it right. It's pretty much just coloring in the lines. Um, but no, I did like that. And then of course the piano. Um, the music bit. I've I've always really loved that, even before I started I mean doing that more often. You were talking about school and you know, I was thinking I didn't have an I didn't have art from sixth grade until I was a junior in college mm-hmm. because our school didn't offer it. And then by the time I got to college, you know, I'm just doing all of the things I have to do. And I wasn't even thinking about, you know, doing an art class until I was a junior. Like I think my second semester junior year, I had a spot and I took design theory and it was a lot of construction paper, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> and, and I think that was when I first started thinking, you know, Maybe I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't laughed out of the room. <laughs> you know, the teacher was really nice, and yeah, I, I I wonder how many more people you know just yeah don't do it because they don't have it in school, and they just don't even really think about it. But but yeah, so that's before motherhood. Did you want to go into some of your challenges now that you're a mom, <laughs> as far as or not challenges, but what does it look like now as a mom? So now I I would say I've definitely had different stages as a mom. I had my single mother years where I just had one very quiet daughter who needed my attention but didn't need my attention. Um, and through those years, I had very, you know, spurts of creative energy here and there. As sisters, we even tried to launch our own Etsy shop just to do something creatively and to try to make some money where we, you know, I, I was able to to kind of get used to making digital prints and, and that was really, really fun for the time when we did it. And then, you know, piano was music, uh, was something that was here and there as I got older as well. We both had some sort of piano lesson as a, as kids and i think mine lasted longer than you or robin which you wouldn't know today because your skill on the piano is great um again it's not a real thing 
So I mean, I did have a keyboard, so I would I would play when I felt like it. Um, but my career did not uh, match that. It it kind of got a little interrupted when I had my daughter so young. So I kind of felt like I had to do whatever I could to make money instead of following that same career path that I was wanting when it came to art. Now I would say is the hardest it's ever been for me to have a creative outlet and have time for a creative outlet. I have two kids now and also a stepson who's with us half the time. So it's a very full household. I have a full-time job and I struggle to find time to just even be by myself, let alone be able to start on a project for more than five minutes at a time. I would say just never being left alone is the biggest hurdle. Obviously, you don't have to be all by yourself to have a creative outlet and to be able to create art in some way. You definitely can try to include your kids in that. (laughs) And we laugh because, because it is just so hard. But you can try to include your family. You know, you you can do different things while your kids are busy. But I have a four-year-old son who is at that really needy stage. And if I am not watching him play <laughs> or yep. sitting next to him watching a movie, he needs to know where I am. He needs to know what I'm focused on. And if it's not him, he needs to take care of that right away and make sure it's back to him. So... Uh, I definitely have to struggle to find time to be creative at home now. What about you? How did it change after having your son? Well, when I had my son, my husband was deployed. So it was just me and my baby. And I really had no idea what I was doing, like most people, even kind of more so in some ways because I'd never been interested at all in babies or kids, honestly. I just never was really a kid person. I didn't enjoy babysitting. So I kind of went into it just like, oh, I guess I'll figure it out. And so pretty much, you know, my creativity after Finley was trying to figure out how to keep him alive, I guess. Like, oh, here's another problem. What do I do about this? What do I do about that? And I mean, I did do... I mean, I did do a little bit. I do remember like some art journal pages and, you know, some music, you know, because I'd I'd already had that established, I guess. So I was able to kind of do that when he was a baby because he would go to sleep sometimes. (laughs) Those conversations. Not for very long. He was never a long like napper. um, And he did the normal, you know, waking up in the night. But... Uh, one of the great things um, about that time for me was that I didn't work. So my husband was deployed, but he was supporting us completely. I didn't have to be working as well, um, which I guess is good and bad. It's good because I could take care of my baby. Bad because you're never away from your baby. Um, so I was with him every day. You know, for like nine months with with nobody else in the house. And I was, you know, did the breastfeeding thing. So I couldn't be away from him very long because he wouldn't take a bottle. And I feel like during that time, what happened was 
I brought along some of these creative practices that I'd been doing, but little by little, I started doing less and less because I just had less and less energy for it. Um, I cared less and less. So by the time he was like three years old, I mean, the only things I would have been doing would have been the, you know, the music. And it wasn't even at home. I was just doing it because I'd already agreed to do things, you know, with other people. I mean, they were my saviors in that instance, people that I was playing with. Luckily, I had, you know, a band I was in and I did, I did it with them. But if I wasn't practicing with them, I wasn't practicing. Yeah. I didn't do it at home. Finley didn't like it. (laughs) He didn't like hearing me play and sing. Honestly, he would just start crying. So that just, it just doesn't work, you know? So by, you know, by the time, like I said, he was three years old, I really felt stripped out as far as creativity goes. I didn't even have an interest anymore, it seemed. Like, I knew something was missing, and I wished I wished I could have more time for it. But even if I did, I didn't even know what I would do by that mm-hmm. point. I didn't yeah. have a clear picture. Um, so now he's six, and I'd say over the last two years, I've started to kind of come back out of that. I've I've been thinking about it more. I've been maybe doing a little bit more and I do have a little bit more time. At the moment he's in school and I haven't started working yet. So I've got like two weeks before I start work and mm-hmm. and so I do have time right now. But it's at the moment my brain feels kind of scrambled, like, well, what do I do? Yeah. It, you, you only know? have this much time. How do you affect you know, use it as productively as possible? As possible. And at the same time I'm thinking, well, I'm gonna be home these two weeks. I really should be like making our house look amazing. Right. Yeah. Like it should be amazing, <laughs> amazingly clean, amazingly organized. And so they're really I could go the whole day without really doing anything. I guess that's in itself a bit creative, maybe. But um, so that's kind of where I am. I'd say I'm kind of I'm wanting more, but I've got a little bit. Yeah. So and like you said, um, you know, after having kids, our, our our brain is just so focused on caring for somebody else that, you know, the the creative outlet doesn't seem very important, doesn't come to the forefront anymore. But I just feel like years of that um, really starts to eat away. And, and that's maybe where the feelings of losing your identity as a mom kind of, it can really contribute to that, I think, because you're what you did creatively, you know, before having kids is, you know, probably what you enjoyed most and, and, and felt good to, to get out. And so with that kind of out of the picture and only focusing on the happiness and the care of another person, you know, you start feeling less and less yourself. So, and I feel like we know this and we, know how important it is to keep that creative energy and to be able to get that out of our systems to, to help our happiness. But I just feel like I wake up in the morning and I say, today is going to be different. I am going to find time. I am not going to get on any of my social media apps. I am not going to watch other people be creative and think, that was nice to watch. This is what I'm going to do, but never do it. And as the day goes, you know, the laundry is sitting there, the dishes are there, you know, the house is a wreck. 
And I just feel like I choose other things all day long instead of doing something in the creative space. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how much of it is me just being responsible, quote unquote, um, doing things that I should be doing versus, you know, anything creative. Or if diving into a project feels almost stressful because I'm, it's like a muscle you haven't worked for mm. a while sometimes for me. And I feel like my brain and my body have to be prepared. And I feel like if I start it, I need to stay in it a long amount of time to really like get it done or to really work on it. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood to focus on something. And of course, that could be because social media has completely wrecked my focus. <laughs> completely different episode we will do is how that's affected mm. me and my ADHD. But Yes, I'm writing it down. Yeah. But I don't know what, you know, you, you had all summer with your, your child at home and didn't have a bunch of time just by yourself. If you were going to say what type of methods or what type of ways that you were able to kind of get that creative outlet going worked, do you have any? (laughs) I wish I had more, but I mean, I did try some things like, you know, like you said, it, for me, and I feel like everybody's got a different journey on this because some people, I think the big thing is time. They just don't have the time to do the things that they know they want to do. So I feel like maybe, you know, I don't, I, I, we always bring up our sister, but I feel like our sister could think of something to do with the time she's given. If she's given an hour of kid-free time, she probably would know what she would want to do. Um, I think some people have, and you might kind of be more like this too, some people have just this drive. Like they want to do, for instance, like say it's painting. They want to paint and they know they want to paint. It's just finding the time to do it. Well, for me, since I I kind of just lost all of my drive, focus, that it's not even just about finding the time. I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> But if I were to get the time, I don't even know what I would do. Let's say, you know, Finley gets a friend, which I'm hoping for. And he's going to be over there for two hours. And I know I have two hours at home without him. Let's say I spend one hour doing household stuff because that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I have another hour that I could spend creatively. Um, I would panic. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't really know... Either I would start something that's not satisfying, you know, it's not satisfying and I would feel like I wasted the time or I would be thinking the whole time about what it would be. (laughs) And that's, that's how I feel. So I've been trying to work on this. So I've got a couple things that I thought of that, that I've tried to do. So one, independent play. Now we hear this all the time. I feel like as moms, like you need to give your kids time for independent play. This is music to my ears because I feel bad and guilty if I am not with Finley all the time. Mm -hmm. So if he is by himself as an only child, I feel like I'm not doing my part because I'm the reason, part of the reason he's an only child and he doesn't have anybody to play with. And how could I possibly condemn him to sitting by himself? While I do something that doesn't matter, like 
you know, it's one thing if I've really got to cook dinner, you know, or if I've really got to do something that has a time constraint. But for creative time, how could I do that to him? Well, independent play is important, apparently. For children. <laughs> yes. It it is it is good for them. So that is something that I did kind of start, I would say, last year half-heartedly. When school started, honestly, I just kind of didn't do it anymore. But over the summer, I did try again to have a time, usually in the afternoon. It's like after lunch, I would do quiet time, independent play. Mm-hmm. And I would tell him, this is good for you, <laughs> you know. And now it takes a while to get this thing in the first few days, or maybe not even two. I mean, it could have been just a couple of days, honestly. It felt like a long time, but he was interrupting me every five minutes to ask how much more time that he has to be by himself. One of the days he sat outside the door, I, I stayed in the spare room and I shut the door and he just whimpered for like <laughs> 10 minutes oh, no. and then went back to his room, you know, but, <laughs> but I continued. And they say, you know, and this is what I did. I started with 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then 15 and then 20. I just went five minutes up every day. Nice. And I just did it. Now, even if the whole time I was not doing anything creative, I was just trying to get him to go back to his room. I just, I knew it was important. And I told myself that. So by the time, by the end of summer... He would go into his room or he, or I would let him go to the living room if I was in my spare room, in the spare room. I call it my spare room. And he would play. And, and honestly, even if I don't do anything during that time, when I come out and he is playing and he's been playing for like 20 minutes by himself, I feel pretty good about that. And I think another thing that came out of this experience that was good was that it's like I could tell myself, I'm doing this for him, right? So I'm helping my son to feel like he has an imagination that he can use without me as a crutch and that he will play differently without me there. So I don't have to put the pressure on as far as being creative during that time. Like I don't have to be like, did I get a painting done or did I start a painting or, you know, what have I done? I I kind of, I could kind of let that go because what I've done is help my son just by not being there. And I think I was thinking about this actually while you were talking before motherhood, my creativity was just something I did because I liked it. I didn't have any, except for the stuff I made, so I didn't have to buy it. I didn't have any product that was worthy of the time, I guess. I just did it because I liked it and I had, I could. After you become a mom, it's almost like every Thing, every time period you spend on something needs to have some kind of worth at the end, either making money mm-hmm. or cleaning something, making food, giving your child playtime with you. Every, every minute of your day, even self-care, you know, doing some kind of, which, you know, we could do a whole episode about that. You know, you're doing it because you expect to see a result. Mm-hmm a worthy result. Yeah. And the idea of just having time by myself that I could just think without somebody saying, look at me, look at me, look at <laughs> this Mommy. drawing, look at me jump up and down, look at me while I try to do something that's not going to work, you know. I feel like that started to kind of free my mind up a little bit. 
to think about what do I want to do? And I guess just allowing myself the time that it would take to think of something and, and see it as a worthy cause. Because like you said, we, we don't want to lose ourselves. But, you know, it's, it is really hard not to. And mm. it is a worthy cause to, to feel like you have, I guess, a satisfying life, not just for you, but ultimately, too, for your kids, because they're watching you. Like, what does mom do? What is mom feeling? Is she happy? I feel like I, you know, watched mom. So mom seemed pretty happy you know, with, with being a mom to me. I, yeah, I it's still, <laughs> I can't believe she held it together. I'm, I'm over here with half as many kids as her. Yeah. <laughs> My kids know every single day that I am struggling. <laughs> I don't know how mom just kept going and, 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 and just was always, I mean, she just always seemed content, happy. Yeah. But obviously we know now as being mothers that that takes a lot of work and, yeah. you know, she probably wasn't every day, but, you know, she put us first <laughs> all the yeah. time. And honestly, something else that I thought of as far as like solutions for being creative with your kids around, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like involving your children, you know, I can look back and see mom did. We would make things a lot like ornaments. I remember making those dough, salt dough ornaments. Mom would get this book out. And while we were making ours, mom was making them too, hers amazing you know because it's mom they looked very different they looked like the book you know like she but she wasn't just helping us you know she was helping us I got you know but she was also making her own thing I feel like when I have sat down with Finley done like watercoloring or you know crafty things play-doh stuff either I'm sitting there on on my phone thanking the lord that he is busy for a second or I'm cooking or doing some kind of household thing or I'm helping him with his stuff you know because if I try to make something he'll just like take it and like make it into what he wants but I think another key thing if you want to try it is to you know I started actually bringing my art journal when he would be doing something creative I'd say hey it's art time and let's sit down and I put out materials for him whatever it is and he can do his thing, but I'm not going to do anything else but art myself. So I put my phone away and I grab whatever it is I want to work on or even just a piece of paper and do what he's doing. But I do what I want to do, even if I'm only going to have five minutes, you know, cumulative time because he does need help. But yeah, doing something that he is not allowed to work on with me. It's just me. He works on his thing. And I feel like that's another way to bring creativity in because that's kind of what mom did. Like she she did make things and she did creative time where she was doing her thing, but we were there too. Like we were doing our thing. So I guess that's another solution that I have tried. Of course, it is hard to put down the phone. Oh, man. And again, like we're saying, (laughs) different (laughs) different episode. I really, really struggle with taking advantage of those moments where your kids are busy when no one's requesting anything of you. I mean, it's one thing to try to be productive and get, you know, everything done that you want to get done. 
But on the other hand, sometimes I think to myself, oh, now I might only have a few minutes. I don't know how long this is going to last, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing when that last drop of freedom is going to dry up in the cup. And do I risk starting something, not knowing when I'll have to stop? Or do I choose something that gives me a great dopamine boost Yeah, that I can stop at any moment and it won't wreck the progress? It won't wreck anything. I won't feel like frustrated to have to clean up anything, put my you know, my project away, uh, be right in the middle of, of something and have to stop for an interruption. And it's so easy to reach for my phone and watch videos, uh, look at Instagram because it doesn't require anything from me. And I get that happiness. It's kind of fake happiness, really. And it causes more problems than good because <laughs> now I see everyone else doing all of these productive, creative things. Yeah. And I'm still sitting here not, but it's just it's just really hard to to make the the choice to you know do that creative outlet versus the addiction on your phone and i feel like this is something that like society at large can probably relate to you know this um i guess this hit on creativity because of all of the stuff online that you could be watching instead or listening to i mean when i had finley I had never before looked online so much for advice for, you know, and, and content creators found me like they found me as a mom. I am now getting all of these, you know, and Facebook, honestly, Facebook changed too about that time where they suggested posts and the ads. Now social media wasn't just about you watching other people, you know, being creative. It was all of these ads for content creators to come into your consciousness and show you what they could do for you or what they're doing and then you don't even know them and I feel like you know as as a new mom I was just I needed advice I needed someone to tell me what to do to get my kid to sleep or to make this or that easier you know I did ask mom or I would ask people and half the time they're like, I don't remember, (laughs) you know, know. like they don't remember. So I'm just, uh, I'm just allowing all of this. And by the time, like I said, by the time Finley was three years old, most of my day, I had something in my ear. I had either a podcast I was listening to. I had YouTube on in the background, audio books. I mean, I was constantly looking things up just for everyday situations. And I feel like now that I don't need that, like Finley has survived to six years old. He He's doing okay. I, you know, I can pretty well stop doing that and just start asking people because more people I feel like remember six-year-olds than babies. When you're a, when you're a mom of a baby, your mind is it's, it's just not remembering stuff and and that's I think that's why most people just can't remember but um once they get older I feel like you can ease off so I feel like I guess a solution for lack of creativity after having kids is to try to ease off just have blank times you could be doing other things but just to where your mind isn't occupied with somebody else's creativity it can be inspirational you know, to see what somebody else is doing, like my art journal. I found this lady who had a website 
and she, you know, it's called Trumpet Vine Travels. I don't think she even has, she's not even updating it anymore, but it did inspire me. So it can be really great, but that's like 20% of the time. Yeah. That you're going to be inspired. You know, Pinterest is mm. amazing, but it allows you to be like, oh, I want to do that and push it off to the side. Like yeah. you literally hit a pin in that and you walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would say a solution, <laughs> but of course, another podcast would probably have to be like, well, how do you do that? You know, how do you walk away? But yeah, just allowing your your mind to have more blank space so that creativity can actually make its way through and spur you to actually wanting to do something or wanting to learn something so that when you do have the time that you're clawing back with independent play and and asking for it, I feel terrible asking my husband to watch Finley. <laughs> and And that in itself can make it hard for me to feel creative because I'm just feeling guilty in my little room or wherever I'm at. Um, I think with that, I mean, I I bet anyone listening who has kids and is a mother can relate. Um, If it's like, it's hard enough, even if you don't have to ask someone to take over for you to be creative, but when you have to ask someone to, and I mean, we could go into a completely different topic of we shouldn't be needing to ask our significant other to, you know, (laughs) split the time to care for our children. But when that does happen and I ask my husband, Hey, I really want to do this. I don't have time. Otherwise, you know, can you hold down the fort for an hour while I go do this? Because I need that time of no interruption to actually complete it. Whether it's, you know, with like paint where you can't just be picking up paint all the time because, you know, you have to wash your brushes, you have to yeah. put the paint back, all sorts of different things. When it, we go back to not producing anything of true value to your family, it it almost highlights that if I'm asking my husband to take over for me, I feel more pressure to have some sort of result that will impact me and my family in a positive way. Yeah. And that can sometimes really either derail what I really want to do, what my heart really wants to do at that time. For example, if I had two options, the first one was play the piano for a while because I personally want to get my skill back that I haven't had for years. Or I could work on making something that we need, right? Whether it's a table for, you know, outside, whether it's fixing something that's broken, but being able to do, you know, being able to still get that creative energy out. It's like, I feel pressure to do the thing that's going to have the best result for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas playing the piano, it, you know, the only person it impacts is you. It feels like, you know, cause you're enjoying it, but it's gone as soon as you play it. You know, it's not yeah. like, it's not like a result and you're not going to go out and get gigs and start no. making money, to <laughs> no, pay, you not. know, to actually pay for a vacation or something. Exactly. Um, so yeah, just the idea that, that it's important to have creative, creative time, even if you don't produce something, like I said, just making taking that time whether it's asking even if you feel bad yeah. you know just keep doing it because mm-hmm. eventually hopefully you know you wouldn't feel as bad or mm-hmm. you know it becomes more of a habit 
Um, yeah. They know that, oh, well, you know, she'll want to do it for this amount of time each week. And half the time, probably they're fine with it. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Did you have any solutions or anything as far as a working mom with kids? Yeah, I will say right now, I am not like actively working on methods specifically. <laughs> I'm 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 one of I'm just doing that thing where you just try to find time when you can. Um I will say I definitely over the last few months I've been trying to be more assertive when it comes to asking for help, like asking my husband to giving him warning, I am going to go out and do this. I will not be here. Can you, you know, keep everyone away from me? <laughs> Uh, so I don't have that constant interruption. It does work. Uh, it it does negatively impact my uh, emotions, my thoughts while I'm doing that creative outlet. So that's not what I want to default to all the time. And I know that might be controversial to, you know, obviously it's not a bad thing to ask your significant other for time. But now that we've talked about it a little bit more, I want to try to include at least my youngest, who's the one that's always in in my business, in doing creative stuff with me without feeling like I need to control his experience. Mm. I, even if we're just drawing, even if we're painting, if we're creating something, maybe we're just outside and I'm trying to, you know, work in a garden. I feel like if we are together and he's doing something that's, and he's struggling with it, whether it's holding a brush the right way, whether, you know, it's trying to move something that's, you know, awkward and he's just not putting his hands at the right place. I need to just let it go. I need to just let him figure it out without going over and telling him how to do it, moving his hands myself, controlling his experience to where I feel like he'll, you know, he'll be the happiest, he'll do it the best. And just focus on my own stuff. <laughs> so that yeah. is something I am going to try. I feel like I do have a bit of a control issue when it comes to doing any type of arts and crafts with kids. Half of that is because they, like you said, look at me, look at me, uh, you know, wanting your attention on them. But the other half is me feeling like physically <laughs> stressed when they're not doing it the way I feel they should. Yeah, no, I get that especially when it comes to my nine-year-old and cooking. Oh my goodness. Nine-year-old boy loves to cook. I should be super ecstatic to cook with him because, you know, he wants to have this skill that is really important and he's interested in it. It doesn't involve technology, but have you ever tried to cook with a nine-year-old? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Your kitchen is a disaster and they're grabbing, you know, cups, putting it in flour and the flour is going all over the place. They're not measuring it right. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not going to turn out well, but you just need to sometimes let them learn from their mistakes and let them get better at something instead of taking the spoon and doing it yourself. They'll never learn. And that's something that I need to work better on. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like this is probably also universal. Because I feel the same way. You know, I've tried baking with my son and it is so frustrating. Flour gets everywhere. 
and you just want you want it to turn out like whatever they're doing, whether it's drawing or cooking or whatever. You want it to turn out so that they'll be satisfied with it. And you feel like if it's not right, surely they won't. <laughs> you know. But I feel like we forget because especially like it's just the way motherhood is unless you've had 10 children. Um you're doing everything for the first time. You know, for the most part. I mean, you had Elena and she, you know, but in that time, you've probably forgotten a lot of what it felt like to yeah. parent Elena. And your yeah. situation, your living situation, everything has changed since you had Elena as a child. And Elena was so different than Lincoln. And um, so we're just, it's, it's hard to be able to put into practice like, oh, this is just a stage. You know, this won't be the way it is forever. Because in our world, it is. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. Like, we have never experienced anything else. So, you know, for the baking, I, you know, I hate it that it makes such a mess and that, you know, he might put in something wrong. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, like, he's learning. And next time, he'll mm -hmm. be better than the first time. If I let him have a next time, and even yeah. the cleaning, I think, well, who's going to clean this up? Me. I'm the one who's going to clean it up, you know. But I guess I could also teach him how to clean it, mm -hmm. you I know, so that he can clean up. With that, my our nine year old, he wants to clean up. I <laughs> whenever he wants to make something, my first excuse is. Uh, I just don't feel like dealing with the mess right now, maybe later. And his first comment is, I'll clean it up. I'll clean it up. Yeah. I love to clean. I'll do it. And my thought is you're going to do it wrong or you're not going to do it well enough. You're not going to do it the way I want it. And that's, I just feel like that's so selfish of me because he is completely willing to do the best job he can. And like you said, if he cleans up he's gonna find out what works what doesn't the next time it's gonna be better you know this kind of goes back into your <laughs> full circle y you working on quiet time all summer the first time didn't go so well was not success the 44th time probably still struggling and even like up until when school started you know was it perfect probably not but it will be sooner than if you never tried. And I just, yeah, I just, it's just so hard. I need someone to like walk in and say, Wendy, remember you said that you were going to let him do this. Now, don't wait for the next time. Do it now. Yeah. So that's what I'll, I'll try. I'll try harder. Yeah. And it's not as bad, you know, like the independent play, like I said, it's still not perfect, but yet it has given me a lot of satisfaction over the summer because there have been really, there have been perfect days. There have been days when I actually asked him to go to his room and he did and he stayed in there and I let him do it for an hour. Like, you know, not every day is perfect, but there is satisfaction in seeing them improve in something. Um, and to, and to even realize, you know, this is so off topic, but biking. My son has been afraid. He hates the idea of falling or leaning. So he didn't even want me to put him on the back of my bike. Like, but he has started with his bike. He's got training wheels. And the first time 
we went around the block was a disaster. It took us, I mean, our block, we should be able to walk around that block in like five minutes. It took us 30 minutes. (laughs) He was on a bike and it took 30 minutes to get home. And he was in tears. He got in the middle of an inter- of the intersection right in front of our house. Like, we were almost home. And he, would re- he was refusing to let us help him just get the bike across the road. Because he was stuck. He couldn't figure out how to go forward. It was a slight incline, just barely, you know, but enough to give him trouble. And there was a car coming. He was not, you know, my husband had to just take the bike and move it you know, take it away from him. And he was crying for another like 10 minutes (laughs) after the experience. Okay. Disaster. I do not want to do that again. But in the spirit of learning, you know, the next time he actually wanted to do it, you know, I didn't force him to do it, but he wanted to take the bike out. My first response in my head before it got out my mouth, luckily, was I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. Terrible at biking, you know. You <laughs> cried like oh, most of the time. You know yeah. how could you want to do it again? I'm not. I do not want this. But I let him do it. Yeah. It it wasn't awesome. It was still difficult. You know, but it wasn't as long. No crying. Third time we go around the block. A breeze. Yeah. It only took three times. After that first time, I would have felt like it would have taken literally all, all summer. Mm-hmm. But now he is riding his bike with training wheels, but he's doing it by himself. He does not need our assistance. He can go up hills. He can go down hills. And he has probably only been out at this point seven times. Mm-hmm. It, it's never as long and as bad as I've predicted. Yeah. Uh, he learns faster than I think he will, I guess. So, and even with the creativity time, or art time, you know, we might be surprised how the first time we try this technique or whatever they're terrible and it's a huge disaster but it might only be the third time before they actually get it Mm -hmm. you know if we allow it to get go that far and like this is not necessarily something I've thought about other than literally 60 seconds ago but I I also am thinking you know kind of avoiding activities that they try once and are just disasters and then thinking well, they were upset during it. I was upset during it. Let's let's find something else that goes more smoothly. Mm-hmm. You know, is that instilling into our kids that only do things that you're good at right away? Yeah. You know, and kind of removing the thought of if you keep doing it, it'll get easier. And that's definitely something that's important in life. And, you know, I find I'm I'm kind of guilty of that myself. Sometimes I try something that I really am interested in really want to do and it's hard and I'm not like good at it and I feel like other people are but I don't know how long they worked at it I don't know how good I'll be at it the third time like Finley you know like the fourth time the fifth time and you know that's definitely a a lesson I could learn but now I am kind of like worried that I've been instilling that in my kids and 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 it'll just be easy for them to to give up things if they're not easy right away so we'll work on that for sure yeah no yeah resilience and all that yeah all that jazz so is there a favorite creativity outlet that you have right now well indeed there is Jen Mm -hmm. um I 
have been working on my carpentry skills for, I mean, here and there for the last few years, but I'll say that I definitely have tried to get more serious about it since moving out into the country, having more space and more tools now. Currently, I am working on building us a outdoor dining table um, to have on our porch so that we can eat outside now that (laughs) by the time I finish it, like the first snow will probably fall and (laughs) we'll have to wait till next year to use it. But yeah, I just, I really enjoy woodworking and it's one of those things that I'm not super good at yet, but there is a result that comes together and I'm happy enough with it to keep going and keep getting better. And that's something that I really love. Uh, I mean, our, our dad was a ridiculously talented carpenter and mm-hmm. we were frequently reminded how talented he was at it by the things. I mean, he built our house by all of the detail, you know, all of the things that were just perfect that he made. Um, if something wasn't perfect, he would do it again. I definitely struggle with that sometimes because I, I don't have that perfectionist gene and I am a bit of a slob sometimes. Uh, and you know, my, my projects don't always go very well. They're definitely not perfect when they come out. And sometimes that's hard because I feel like I'm obviously not talented at this if my stuff doesn't look better and how can I call myself you know, a carpenter or someone who's into woodworking when I feel so, you know, so elementary in it. But then you have to remind yourself, you know, how long have you been doing this? I haven't been doing it very long and I don't have much time as we've talked about for the last hour. And I just need to let that go. And I've been, I've been trying to let that go, but that's definitely something that I really like, really enjoy doing. And it helps that there is a result that I could show for it. So that's definitely what I've been, you know, focused on lately, especially with the nice weather. What about you? Well, um, I was trying, I was thinking about what, you know, I've been doing and kind of to go along with my personal challenge of feeling less creative in general. I started this book. It's called The Artist's Way. And actually, somebody online on a social network that I'm on had mentioned that she wanted to start it and wanted to know if anybody else would come along and do it with her, which sounds great to me. I love any kind of book club situation. And so I'd heard of the book. I'd never done it. It's, it's, it's not even that. I think it's kind of old. I mean, like, relatively speaking. It's not something that was just written in the last 10 years. Yeah, 1992. so I was still in school (laughs) um but and it's it's like it's supposed to be a 12 week kind of a course in rediscovering your creativity for people that feel like they're not creative or artists that have blocks and it's just these habits that she instructs you to start and questions for you to answer I have not been going with the timeline but I have been continuing it and I'm finding it really interesting. You know, one of the things that she wants you to do is do morning pages and it's three pages of writing every morning, regardless of what it's about. doesn't matter. Nobody's ever going to see it. It's just writing for that amount of time, no matter what kind of artist you want to be. And 
I'm a journaler anyway, so the actual writing doesn't bother me, but I haven't been consistent at all with journaling. So it's kind of nice to have this like, oh, well, I'm doing this because I'm doing this book. And, you know, I don't get the three pages every day, but I'm doing it. And I just feel like it is helping, especially with that mindset of this isn't important enough for me to be doing. A lot of her book is focused on why it's important. Yeah, why it is worth it, Um, even if you're not coming out with anything, because it's all part of the journey, and you feel like you need this, so you do, you know, trust your instincts. So I've been been enjoying doing that and going through it. You know, my I guess I'm a Type A. I would would you consider me? I feel, and we'll 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 definitely uncover this as we go through our personality personality type episodes uh, that are coming up. But I feel like you are always something, but it's a it's kind of like a gray area. It's like you're always a combination of two things. So I, I mean, if I had to choose one, I would probably say leaning towards type A, but I don't think that you like fit all of the criteria and are like a true type A or B. But I mean, I think you could say you're leaning towards type A. No, I, I, I think in some ways I do. I'm not driven like type A's are, but, um, but having someone tell me to do something helps me a lot. Yeah. She seems to be very confident that this is important. And so I find it easier to decide it's important. I've even told my husband, she says I have to do this every day. <laughs> so that's why I am doing it. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm taking the time to do this, you know, awesome. today when I could be doing something else, but that has helped me so I guess I'm still discovering what my what current creativity would be, but that's yeah, that's something I've been doing. So that's awesome. Yeah, and we'll have the book information in the show notes for sure. I might want to check it out too. All right, as we wrap up, let's do our traditional. What are we really loving right now? What's making us really happy, um, other than the book for you, and other than woodworking for me? What's something that has been uh, making you happy lately? Okay. Well, let me think. I think the extra time, I mean, it's hard because it's not something somebody can like go by. But, you know, Finley started school on Monday. Today is Wednesday. And, you know, having this extra (laughs) time to just think, um, you know, gather my thoughts and you know, I, I'm slightly guilty most of the time, but it's it's been really nice. And one of the things that I've been been able to do because of all, all this time um, is kind of different. I I bought a course, an online course, of course. Whoa! <laughs> that and it's not a crazy. It's not a a really big one. It's only audio recordings, and it's called Bella Vita. It's a course by Bella Lively. Show notes again. And it's like you're creating a world in your imagination that you can go to. And it sounds really weird. And it's very indulgent. It has no product besides the fun of doing it. Um, That actually sounds extremely interesting. Yeah. You'll have to tell me after you get like far into it, if, if I should do it, because like, I don't know. I heard something random on a podcast the other day about thinking about your future self, your preferred future self, who you want to be, 
thinking about her life, how she lives, imagining, you know, the day and living a day in her, her shoes with all the things that you're, you want now. And I've noticed that I, you know, my walks with my dog, sometimes I just think, think about her morning, thinking about her, you know, afternoon, what she does for a living, thinking about how, you know, her family life is. And I've just been, I just love, I just love thinking about that and like, and like visualizing it. And I can imagine I would get very similar feelings from, from this. That, that is so interesting. I've never heard, never heard of a course like that. Yeah. Well, it's new. I mean, I don't, it hasn't been out very long and she had a deal and I, I took it and, and I, I had it for a while and I hadn't started it, you know, cause I just felt like I didn't have the time, you know, but, um, not very far in, I think I'm only on week two and how many weeks total is uh, it? You know, I can't even remember how many weeks, but it's just, you know, it's just in the beginning of, yeah. just, you know, she's kind of giving, she gives you more of like a structure of like, where to start, you know, what to think of. And, and this one is more, it's less realistic, I guess. If you want it to be realistic, you know, she's like, this is whatever you want, obviously. But our minds have a way of, or my mind has a way of when I'm visualizing, like say, I'm visualizing my perfect job or my perfect house. I'm like in the weeds trying to fix a problem mm-hmm. within like five minutes of starting my visualization. Cause it's like, okay, well, I want this kind of house, but would this kind of house fit in this location? And this location is where I want to be because I want to be close Mm -hmm. to my family. So yeah, I would love to live next to the beach or in the mountains, but like, that's not where my family lives. So I guess I can't have that. I'm like thinking of, well, how could I get this and still have this? Because, you know, it's just problem solving and the mind loves to problem solve. So yes. It's trying to like, well, how would this work then? Or how would that work? And I end up spending minutes of my visualization, you know, visualization time just like down this rabbit hole of how to fix this problem that doesn't even exist because it's not even my life, you know? So the thing about this that's nice is that there's no rules. Yeah. Gravity, she says, even if you don't want it. Like, you can have anything anywhere. Like, you could have, like today... I had like five minutes and I was just like thinking, I actually did yoga and you know, that end where you're like Shavasana. Yes. You know, for a second, I just thought, Hey, you know, I've got two minutes. I'm just going to go ahead and go in. And, you know, I'm kind of in the midst of like building my house, I guess, building out my house. I'm not literally building it. I'm like imagining it. And one of the things of course I would want would be a fireplace, like this beautiful fireplace. And I was thinking of like that, what goes under the fireplace, you know, where it comes out, you can sit on it. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. Hearth. Yes, the hearth. Well, in my mind, what I would love is to have some nice wood, like to sit on. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, I can't do that. It'll burn. You can't have wood on your hearth. So my (laughs) mind started to go like, well, what looks a lot like wood? Like, what would be acceptable? And then I remembered, this is my world. I can have wood. front of my fire and it'd be fine so that's something I've been liking what's something that you've been liking or loving not nothing as fun as that sounds <laughs> um I, I so a little backstory on me I hate cooking I absolutely hate cooking I've tried really hard to like it you know maybe I should watch movies about the joys of cooking or something I don't know but lately we have we have chickens and one of them just 
is old enough to start laying. So we were getting an egg a day. And at first, an egg a day, you're like, oh, this is great. You know, we've got eggs. And then if you don't use them, they start to, to really like accumulate. And we're not at the point where I have to like really start focusing on getting rid of these eggs. But the one thing I always told myself was when I have an abundance of eggs, I want to start making my own pasta. The other day we were out of spaghetti noodles and I really wanted to make this really good creamy mushroom pasta for me and uh, my husband. And we didn't have any pasta. I live out in the country. It would take me over an hour to go get something from a store there and back. So I decided, how hard is it really just to make your own pasta? I looked it up on YouTube and (laughs) it is... It's not easy, but she made it look so simple. She just made it look doable. And I have all these eggs. So I made homemade pasta. I tried really hard to get it thin enough and a specific shape for the dish I was making. It wasn't perfect. It definitely was a little thicker than your normal, you know, pasta noodle, but it tasted so good. And I actually really enjoyed the process. And since then, I've made homemade pasta like five or six times. Wow. And I'm getting better at it. And I, like, I hate everything else cooking, but I do think I enjoy making pasta. So I am just going to keep making pasta. I think you can, like, freeze it, too, if you make the noodles and then freeze for later. So, yeah. That's just something really random, but I am learning how to make all sorts of different pastas. Yum. That sounds great. I love that. Awesome. I guess with that, we will end. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Find us on Instagram at Sisters Surviving Motherhood for podcast updates or to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you have a great week and we'll be back with another episode next Monday.